Good evening, good evening, everyone. Welcome. It's the Independence Gang. I'm your host, JV, along with Britt Griffith as we kick off a Friday night discussion about all things political and all things in the news. There's a lot going on, as always. Never do the liberals in the political establishment disappoint with giving us very controversial things to talk about. So we thank them for that. But that's where the end of the thanks is. I'm not going to thank them for anything else. Because we, um, as we've talked about several times on the program, there's a lot of things going on that we feel are quite destructive. And we're going to continue to talk about them, point them out, and uh, invite your comments about them as well. We've got uh, two guests with us, of course, as we always do. We've got Benny returning to the program. Benny, good to see you, as always. And we've got a newcomer to the conversation, KJ. KJ, welcome to the show, man. Good to see you. Just want to make sure you're, you got it. Okay, good. I can hear you in everything. That's awesome. Hello, Mary Grace. Welcome to the program. Okay, so let's get started because there's a lot to talk about. And as you know, if you've watched the program before, that we never get to everything that we want to chat about. So we won't waste any more time. We know that yesterday was President Biden's climate, uh, global climate virtual meeting, whatever the heck it was. He had something like 40 world leaders on Zoom. It didn't work particularly well. There were a whole bunch of weird uh, anomalies because they don't seem to be able to hire tech people that actually know what they're doing. Obviously, we can get it done. We're doing it right here. So I'm not so sure why it's so difficult for the president of the United States and his people to get it done. Uh, Mary Grace, you just got a notification now. Yeah, something was weird with YouTube. Not sure why that's the case. But either way. Um, so being shadow banned. I think there, yeah, I th- What's wrong with us? yeah, I think I think you're kind of right there. I think there's something going on as we've known has been happening. Uh, well, hold on, hold yeah. on, what? hold on. What? Mark this time and date. You said I was kind of right. <laughs> that does not happen no. too often. I'm going to scrub this from the record and I'm going to go back and edit it out of the show so that you can't point back to it. Um, but anyway, so so the U.S. government through uh, President Biden uh, had this global summit, talked a big game about climate change, which, as you know, uh, the science is a bit sketchy when it comes to climate change. But regardless, one of the things that I find interesting about the coverage of this There's an article here that talks about the U.S. being in an unfamiliar position. This was on Politico, by the way. Halfway through um, this climate summit, this article was, was released, and it says the U.S. is finding itself in a weird position, struggling to deploy the moral authority and financial heft needed to assume global leadership when it comes to climate change. It goes on to say that Washington's history of backing out or failing to ratify climate commitments is now coming back to bite us in the ass. Uh, Benny, it seems to me like that's a not so veiled dig at President Donald Trump. What do you think? Yeah, well, you know, when Donald Trump was president, especially in the last year of his presidency, there were many opinions about trust the science, trust the science. And I've said this before on the show, and I'll say it again, because I think it bears repeating scientism is different than science uh, you know real science is hard data um, research fact uh, scientism is a cult that uh, does not allow any dissenting opinion any marketplace of ideas anything like that so uh, the ones that are in charge of this whole climate uh, change green energy push they are part of this cult uh, it's the same ones in charge of the manipulation of the data from this pandemic. They're 
or too too much power is at stake to be had when it comes to this and i wish that there was a separate entity from the government that told us how things are going with the pandemic with the climate i mean why should anyone trust the government when it comes to anything i think i said this last time i was on your show we should be skeptical of people who believe that the earth is overpopulated to give us health advice. It's the same thing with the climate. Oh, so, I don't so, know why we should so, trust the government. So you're talking about some kind of group that actually investigates and reports on these things and goes on television and into newspapers and radio and other formats and actually reports honest information about what's going on around. Some, something like that, some kind of group that, organizations that would actually do some reporting on this stuff and tell us the truth. Is that what you mean, Benny? Something, I mean, it sounds kind of foreign to me, but uh, is that what you're talking about? I know, about? Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, yeah, that that would be a blessing, yeah. Wow, sure. it would be really nice if we had a media that did some yeah. honest reporting. Um, Does that exist nowadays? Yeah, Does no, it really? no, it, it no. doesn't. Um, this article goes on to talk about, uh, this This line is, is unbelievable to me. It's, it's a paragraph that starts out saying, Biden is a victim of his own success. And what it does here, is it talks about these climate or these CO2 emission goals and how originally these goals were set for 2050, the year 2050, and they've moved, been moved back to the year 2030. So somehow that is considered a success. KJ, I can throw out numbers all day long. They've been throwing out numbers saying that the world's going to end in eight years. And that that's, you know, that eight year mark has come and gone about 16 times already. Um, does throwing out numbers in of and by itself consider uh, make you some kind of successful leader? Well, I mean, not if you're making up numbers. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> like, where's where are the real numbers? Basically, you know, like, or the numbers have changed so many different times. What is it that you can really trust, and who's coming up with these numbers? You know, I mean, there's always. It seems like for forever, for as long as I can remember, you know, there's. The numbers are made up to, you know, push whatever agenda they want to push out there to, you know, to profit from, you know, whatever, whatever direction they want to go. And they can, they can change that direction. They can manipulate the numbers and they can say, oh, well, what we said before is, you know, not, it's not going to happen now because the numbers are different than what we thought they were going to be. And, and here they are. And, and there's no way to actually really fact check who's, who's really fact checking the numbers. You know, I mean, two plus two equals four for real. But I mean, do, do these numbers that we're seeing as the general public, do they really equal what is happening right now? Are they justified in any way whatsoever, whether it's climate change or it's anything else, you know? Britt, the, um, the, this article goes on to say that uh, one of the simplest ways for the Biden administration to lock in goodwill from foreign governments as this agenda moves forward without having to get climate change passed through Congress is to help fund small and poor countries to fortify themselves against the effects of climate change. Um, that's not veiled either. That sounds like we're going to be paying for the world's, quote unquote, climate change efforts. But let me get this straight. The party that used to hate foreign aid is now going to do foreign aid because it's for what they want. This is no foreign aid for military stuff type of thing and keeping them, you know, safe and, and you know, us being able to have our intelligence out there to see what's coming around the corner, so to speak. No, no, no. But for climate change, hey, we'll give away the freaking whole cow for that. Not only that, this climate change Paris Accord is such 
BS. So basically, if you think about it, China pollutes like a mofo. China actually has under construction right now more coal-burning, dirty electrical plants than we have in the entire United States right now. So they're that's just under that's being built under construction right now. So they are not slowing down. Here's a dirty little secret about uh, the Paris Accord. So China signed on to it and it said, hey, you know, we're going to use our numbers from 1982 and we don't have to improve those numbers until 2035. So we can keep doing what we're doing right now. But hey, you America, you got to start right now. So train wreck your economy, put your people out of work, send your factories over to us. We'll keep, you know, we'll use the slave labor, the Uyghurs, you know, we'll do what we're doing over here and just slave, slave, slave. And then when you finally co collapse and, and break, we're just going to come in and take over your country because you can't afford nothing. That's the way it rolls. That's what this is all about. Same thing with when Russia signed on to the thing. They had to use 1982 numbers and they had 50 years to improve the 1982 yeah. numbers. Now, if we all remember the 80s. That's when we had the smog alerts and oh, yeah. uh, you can't go outside and play and recess. One real quick thing, too. Did you see the image that came out of that meeting today? These are the world leaders. All of the world leaders that were on this call. Who is the only weak-ass country with a mask on? <laughs> Joe friggin' Biden. In a Zoom call in your own protective lair that everybody's vaccinated. The You have a doctor on staff, and he's wearing a freaking mask. We are silly people right now. We are weak right now. We are a true paper tiger. And look at who's in the middle. Putin, the dominant position. Trump would have never let this happen. He would have double birded them and walked the hell out of that meeting if he wasn't <laughs> going to be in the center square. And that's what we need. We need a guy who's going to say, double F you. I'm effing crazy. I will walk into North Korea with no fucking security because I have big brass balls. We don't have that right now. They're going to walk all over us. And we're going to give away trillions of our own dollars to foreign countries who hate us. I yield back my time. And it kind of looks like a, an episode of Hollywood, Hollywood Squares there. Are they playing a game? Is that what's <laughs> happening? Because that's what it kind of looks like. And it looks like we're the ones losing the game. Um, it is a game. Yeah. yeah to continue this this uh, this conversation, the, the, the climate change effort is not limited to meetings uh, among foreign leaders. It's actually become – it permeates all of these – the federal agencies, including the State Department. The State Department is now saying – the Secretary of State himself is saying that climate change is a powerful tool against systemic racism. He, uh, this, there's an article about this. It says climate change poses a grave threat and an existential menace over the long term to all Americans. And he, he equates it to acts of aggression by China and Russia. And he calls it equal to the coronavirus pandemic, which we knew was coming. This is the Secretary of State are we to believe that climate change equals the threat of geopolitical adversaries like Russia and China, Benny? Are we talking? Is this on par with that kind of threat? Do you know why he's right? Actually, because the sun is racist. White people can get sunburned. <laughs> Black people cannot get sunburned. That sun is racist. I'll tell you that much. I don't know how the climate change narrative has found its way into the race narrative. Um, he's wrong that it uh, does not pose as much a threat because just as Britt was saying, um, I think Marco Rubio said this, and I'm not a huge Marco Rubio fan, but I remember him saying this in a, in one of the uh, Republican debates in uh, 2016. He said, last time I checked, 
America is a country, it's not a planet. So no matter how uh, green America becomes, you're still going to have China and Russia and India and other countries like that spewing all kinds of um, CO2 into the atmosphere and having, uh, like, like Britt said, uh, the, uh, the coal plants and all sorts of greenhouse gases. So no matter how much we do, no matter how much the America is taxed, America, no matter how much the citizens uh, pay for this, it's not going to change the climate of the planet. It might change on the micro scale uh, in our communities, in our cities, possibly. But on the macro scale, it's not going to do a damn thing. Yeah, it's not only not going to do a damn thing, but there's no evidence that I mean, well, I'm not going to say there's no evidence. There's a debate going on. It's not it's not settled science, I guess I would have to say that uh, this cause and effect relationship that they're talking about and the things that they're looking to address are actually going to make any difference whatsoever, even if they achieved every goal that they have around the planet. Um, I want to hit on this racism issue when it comes to climate change. Again, this is from the U.S. State Department. This isn't from uh, the civil rights department. This isn't from justice. This isn't from, you know, HHS. This isn't from education. This is the U.S. State Department. They say that climate change would hit poor, uh, poor minority communities the hardest. This is according to the Secretary of State, adding that if we address the issue, it offers one of the most powerful tools we have to fight inequity and systemic racism. KJ, I don't even know how to ask a question that that doesn't just kind of repeat the same mantra we've been asking episode after episode here. But racism has permeated every speech, every department, every memorandum, every action of this administration. And, uh, you know, from what we've seen so far, in my opinion, and I think probably the opinion of many paying attention to this program, all it's doing is driving wedges between people. Well, yeah, because. Now, in, in society, you can't say anything to disagree with somebody uh, because you're risking someone calling you a racist if you don't agree with, even if you don't agree with their ideas. It has nothing to do with black and white, brown and white, whatever. You know, I mean, I, I've, I've made simple comments or statements on social media and had people come in and you know go, oh, I don't know, I didn't know that you were a racist, and I'm like, well, how do you, how do you? get that out of what I just said. It, it It's only because you're looking for that opportunity to try to call somebody a racist because then you don't have to listen to what they have to say. You don't have to agree with anything that they have to say because, oh, they're a racist. I mean, mm -hmm. hey, I'm, I, I'm married to a Mexican. You know, my kids are half oh Mexican. God. They're Irish, Mexican, and American, and they're full bled, bled and blooded Americans, man. And it doesn't matter where they're from or what they look like. Uh, and I don't want my kids growing up in, in a society where they are at risk of being called a racist or having to jump on that bandwagon, you know? So, you know, right now it's just absolutely ridiculous. Why has everything got to be about race and how in the hell is the global warming, how, how does that have to do with, with uh, racism or, or anything like that whatsoever? I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I don't get what's going on right now. I'm so confused with uh, the, the way that, that people are, are choosing to pick and choose these facts so that they can form their, you know, their twisted opinions about everything that's going on right now. You know, I mean, what we need here is unity overall, and we need people to really look at the facts. We need real numbers and we need a real solution. Everybody's got to work together here and, and it, we're not going to get anything done doing this. 
You make a, an excellent point and you articulated it so very well when you talk about the fact that you, your wife and your kids, you're Americans. And that's the way it used to be. People would come to this country, immigrants, legally, to be Americans. They would become Americans. They would want to become Americans. They would be proud about being come, becoming Americans. And um, I know something's changed. I want to go to another uh, very important point in this State Department directive. It says the Secretary of State pointed out uh, that Biden has directed the State Department to put the climate crisis at the center of our foreign policy and our national security. Brit, is the climate crisis more dangerous than Iran, than ISIS, than North Korea, than Russia, than China, than any other of the hot spots in the world that we might be dealing with? Is climate, is it at that level? No, absolutely not. And every sane human being on this planet knows that. This is about power and money. The climate crisis is their wedge tool, vehicle, Trojan horse, whatever you want to call it. They don't give two poops about the environment. I mean, John friggin' Kerry, our climate change czar, uses a private jet to fly off to get his climate award. And when he's questioned about it, he's like, oh, Muffy, I mean, uh, people like me don't, uh, we just can't do uh, coach airplane club. We have, we have to be in our jet, whatever this fancy thing is. Although I do have to say, I love the fact that when he flew over to China, they sent a freaking public bus to pick him up. That was amazing. Um, it, again, no, this is, uh, this is just a tool for them to get richer and make more money and have their power and get into their world order. Look, if they can, if they can collapse America, look, they want to control everything, the entire planet. The only way they can do that is by leveling everything out. And there's no way in hell they're going to bring the rest of the world up to our level. Even our, our Western allies, like in Europe, up to our level. We live at such a high level in America. The only way they can pull us off is they have to dumb us down. They have to bring us down, level us out with everybody. And then they have their Marxist utopia because everybody's equal and we all have the equal outcomes. And then, you know, no one wants to work. The shit falls apart. No one's making stuff. China can't steal anything from us anymore. And then we end up like idiocracy. Everyone, it's shared misery. Everyone, the outcome is equal and it's misery for everyone but the few at the top. Um, one more. Welcome to the show, KJ. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to point out one more one more thing here. Um, I actually have several things, but it, this is a, another department of the U.S. government that is making climate change one of its primary directives. The Treasury Department, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has recruited former Obama administration official John Morton to be the department's first ever climate counselor in the U.S. Treasury Department, Benny. Now they are going to be looking at financial regulations that will mandate if you want to borrow money, you're going to have to meet certain climate change regulation restrictions. Wow. So this is this is going to be this is the beginning, the prerequisite of uh, carbon tax on how far we can drive, what we uh, what tools we can use to mow a lawn. I mean, this is this complete an utter um, disintegration of our civil liberties, of our constitutional rights, of our God-given rights. You know, um, this is an issue that people have to stand up against and stand up against strongly because the government does not give us rights. I believe, and also according to our constitution, our rights are given to us by God. So when people, when people give up their rights to government, Government will not give those rights back. 
they will not give them back. They're just going to become fatter and fatter and bigger, bigger, like a big amoeba that's just crushing everybody. So if we stand up and do not surrender our rights to government, they cannot take them away. That's what people need. That's what people need to understand. We have to be strong. We have to form communities, militias, peaceful militias, and be uh, strong. And we'll, and we will not surrender our rights because they are not given to us by government. They are given to us by God, which is stronger than government. Benny, a quick follow up to your question there. Um, I'm not a particularly religious person, but I fully believe in what you just said, and it, it's enumerated in our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. Both. Is that why the left is so anxious to remove uh, talk of God and religion from uh, the public discourse because it, uh, that's what I believe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think it's, I think it's a spiritual battle, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's a hundred percent what I believe. The left hates God. The left hates God because they hate anything that's stronger than it or stronger, stronger than, yeah, for sure. Stronger yeah. than the government. Uh, one more thing here. Biden's exploring a border adjustment tax to fight climate change. This is another interesting ploy by the Biden administration. They're exploring the idea of putting a tax on imports from countries that have weaker climate policies than ours. Um, I find it... I actually agree with that. You know, well, I don't agree with it for the for climate change purposes. But my notes here on this was, why wouldn't he be doing this to protect American workers in American factories against Chinese slave labor or something along those lines? That is something that I that I could actually sit down and consider despite I, the fact that I'm a, I believe in free trade. However, Trump did it. It, it. We got concessions from China because he did it. But he, and he did it for the right reasons. Doing it for the for climate change regulations, Britt, it, it seems to be a little bit misguided. Why don't you take that kind of stand for American workers? Well, because he hates American workers, but that's here nor there. Um, and yes, I agree. Doing it for the climate change, I, I, you know, eh, but I'll take it. My God, I'll take it. Look, it's real simple. You take a widget. A widget is just a fictitious thing that we manufacture. You make it in America and you have the EPA, OSHA, uh, labor boards, uh, minimum wages. We have all this stuff that we as Americans have chosen to say in our society, we're going to have this level of basic protection for our workers so that they don't get squashed by machines and just, you know, thrown off into the meat grinder and whatnot. And we have that, but that all adds prices, a price increase to that cost of that widget. Then you have uh, uh, China who doesn't use a slave labor, doesn't have OSHA, doesn't have MSHA, uh, uh, pollutes like a mofo, they don't have any of those things that they have to worry about to put in the price of their widget. And then they bring it right back. And because of free trade, which you are, JV, I get, I am totally for free trade, but it has to be fair, level playing field. But China sips that back. And I believe it was you, KJ, who told me once that they buy wood in, in Washington, ship it to China, make skateboards out of it, and ship it back as skateboards. And it's cheaper to do that than just make the skateboards here in America. So my point is the tariff or as, Ch as Joe's doing this taxing on climate. Hey, yeah, why not? Hey, China, you know what? You're, we're hitting you with, a, I don't know, whatever, a 5% uh, tariff or tax. And then China puts in their smokestack collectors, you know, smog reducing stuff. Hey, you know what? You're doing pretty good. You're halfway there. We're going to lower that to 2.5%. That way it levels the playing field on our widgets that we're making. And then all of a sudden, I don't get like I said the other day, I don't care who you are, where you're at. Nobody outworks America. If it's a level playing field, we will outwork any country, out invent any country on this planet and run rings around them. But it's got to be level. And what we have right now is not level. India, China, Pakistan, Russia, the any of the Asian countries, they all just pollute like a mofo. And we don't have to and we can't do that. 
So it makes our stuff more expensive. So tax them all or tariff them all. I'm well, good with it. I, you know, I, I'll meet you halfway on this particular discussion. I think that we are have overregulated our companies here. Not that you know, I would agree. They are underregulated to a degree, but we are overregulated here. So and, and 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 everything the Biden administration has been doing in this first 100 days is creating more regulation and more hurdles to American businesses, and it's going to drive more of them to China and more of them to uh, other countries to produce their products. Are you trying to show us something here? Are you ready for this tax, JV? Could you imagine giving 56.7% of your income to the government? I, I don't know what to do move. with that. Yeah. Uh, JV, you're going to be 52.2%. I'm just putting this up because we're talking about taxes. I mean, it's on top of what you're talking about, JV, they're going to add this on top of it. How do we survive this? Well, we don't. I think that that's, that's the problem. I think that this is going to drive businesses and investors away. And when you lose businesses, investors, you have no economy. I mean, this, this has been done before. We've seen this game played. And it works out the same way every time. And then a Republican Almost. or a conservative gets elected and they fix it. And it comes back and the liberals come back in and do the same damn thing. And I... I don't blame the liberals for being stupid because they are, I, but I do blame the people who keep voting them into office because they have to look at the results. KJ, I got one more thing, and I'm going to give it to Britt to take off here. Um, just picking up on this this uh, climate change, you know, you've got uh, Eric Garcetti in L.A. proposing a gigantic budget that uh, that uh, makes climate change and race, you know, two of the primary points that this budget tackles, all with COVID stimulus money, by the way. Um, and now you've got Gal uh, Governor Newsom uh, issuing an order to end fracking in California. Uh, they want to eliminate all production of uh, fossil fuels by the year 2045. <laughs> this is amazing. Isn't California the state that can't even keep the freaking lights on right now? Aren't they the state that has rolling blackouts because they can't produce enough power for their people? Yeah, man. Uh, California is a mess. Um, you know, we've, we've lived here now about eight years and, you know, it just doesn't seem like anybody knows what they're doing out here. Um, you know, the, 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 um, they, they don't have the people's best interest at heart at all in any way. Um, and you know, you, you just can't run a state like this. It's, it's obvious, uh, from, from everything that, you know, we've seen on the news and, and you, you've, you've heard through social media and whatnot. I mean, Gavin Newsom, it doesn't seem like he has any idea what he's doing. Um, you know, they're, they're encouraging more and more, uh, immigrants to come here and e illegally or, or giving them a free pass and free healthcare and, and, you know, um, taxing us more and more and more and more and just taking more and more money. I mean, people are, are you know, just like New York and whatnot, California, it, people are leaving left and right, um, you know, and they just realize that you can't survive like that. And, you know, if, if that money was actually going towards um, helping everybody here um, and supporting the lifestyles or, or, or supporting, um, you know, everybody having what they need to survive, then, then great, but it's not. It, it's so skewed to the other side, and you know, it's us working class people that that basically are paying for everything, and and we're we're working our asses off and barely able to enjoy life uh, because of of the higher taxes every year and gas prices continue to go up, and you know, it's just endless, man. It's endless. It's every everything you do here is taxed. If you breathe, you're taxed. You know, I mean, 
how it can't survive. I mean, how is it going to survive? Things are going to crumble. I mean, that's what I see happening right now is things are crumbling, man. It's rolling downhill like a snowball and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger as it goes. And eventually it's going to hit a wall and it's going to explode. Then what's going to happen? Who's going to be prepared for that? And Can yet, you be prepared for that? And yet they keep doubling down on it. And they keep doubling down on it. Go ahead, Brett. It's killing everybody. No, it really I'm, is. I'm, I'm prepared for that. Um, no, but you're right. But you're but you're both right. You're all right. It it is going to train wreck. Um, so I got a question. So I just looked up Joe Biden's uh, on the Rasmussen Daily Tracking Poll, and he's at fifty one percent approval. Uh, people think he's doing a good job running our country. I don't know how this is even remotely accurate. Um, what except people? I did have very. Yeah, exactly. But I, I had a I had I did have a conversation with someone about politics uh, yesterday. And when I mentioned AOC, who's that? They had no idea who AOC was. They had no idea who. And then I said, uh, uh, Cortez, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, had no clue who it was. And then it dawned on me. These people don't know. We're super politically connected. We're reading and watching. They don't know. So so I was like, hmm, I wonder what wonder what the, the difference is in media coverage for Biden and Trump. And I found this, 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 uh, this um, GIF. This, uh, what do you call it? Uh, poll, basically. So Trump had 89% negative coverage at this point in his uh, presidency. And Biden has roughly 60% positive. So only 40% negative. Or, and actually, of that 40%, half of it's neutral. So it's only 20% negative, which I think comes from all the conservative side, which no one left of center watches at all. So they have no idea. But my question to you, I'm going to go to you, Benny, on this. If Joe Biden had the aggressive investigative a hardcore negative type going after those negative stories and flat out lying uh, like Trump had, would his numbers be at 51%? Oh my gosh. Absolutely not. I think that, I mean, I, you know, I, I try to watch sometimes CNN or MSNBC or ABC news, whatever to just say that, okay, well, everything that people are telling me is just a lie, right? Because they can't really be, reporting that but they are and it is it's nauseating it makes me want to puke i can't believe how in bed the uh left-wing media is with just big government big government ideas you know democrat liberal progressive all those all those things that just make us cringe i mean i wish that there were days of walter cronkite where no one knew what political party he you know specifically prescribed to it was more of this guy tells us the news what's going on but now and really since uh since jfk the cia has been heavily involved with what the news media presents um you, know, you bring the crazy train out if you want but if you read <laughs> the if you read the uh the jfk papers that donald trump actually declassified bring it on <laughs> Yeah, where is it? Where is it? I, I think we need it. I think we need it. I think we need it. I got it. You earned it for right. sure. You earned it. I earned it. Well, okay, but no, seriously. I mean, if if you read the JFK uh, files that Donald Trump actually declassified, it talks about how the CIA became heavily involved in the media following uh jfk's assassination so you just and this is you know this was a long time ago you know so you, you think what what has happened since the you know early 60s till now and um 
I, in my opinion, the mainstream media, especially left-wing media, is just another arm, another branch of this big deep state government. Right. And, and I will submit to you, Benny, that the CIA did start getting involved kind of tangibly, kind of lightly after JFK. But after Reagan got elected, who was not supposed to get elected and did what he did, when Bush Sr. got in being ex-CIA uh, uh, chief, that's when they really got involved in the inner workings of media and then started trying jb get your finger away from that button yeah, you trying to uh, tinfoil hat time it's tinfoil hat time <laughs> yeah um <laughs> but I, I really believe after reagan they really started getting involved and not necessarily just to say but the three-letter agencies the you know big military complex big pharma they, they just realized we can't let another reagan and geez look what he did he totally screwed us up made us the people a lot more wealthy but um, anyway, so moving on from that, I'm going to go to you. I'm going to go to you, KJ, with this lovely, uh, this lovely uh, uh, article. So basically, uh, Delta and Coca-Cola executives are hosting a fundraiser for a Democrat who falsely claimed Georgia governor race stolen from Stacey Abrams. Basically, big corporations, these are international corporations, are getting involved to support a politician. Now, I mean, we all have our First Amendment rights, and I get that, but is there something weird about big government getting involved, or I'm sorry, big companies getting involved with government? Yeah, I mean, you know, right right now we've we've got that happening everywhere, you know. Uh, you know, it, it's such a separation of of the 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 financial realm, right? You, you've got all this money, all this power, all this marketing, advertising, everybody loves it. Uh, you know, they've, they've got a big voice. They, they, they have the power to turn things around. They have the power to manipulate. They have the power to brainwash people, you know, ultimately, I mean, um, you know, and, and that's what's going on right now everywhere. Uh, and, and I, I don't know how the, you know, I don't know how the Democrats are getting away with it right now. I don't know how the, this, the state of the world is the state of this country, especially is, um, you know, with the propaganda, with the, um, you know, ganging up on, on the little guy and, and, and kicking him out and, and not allowing people to really have a voice, you know, and that, that's really what it is, is, is the, right now the American people, uh, don't feel like they have a voice and, and they're being overrun by, um, Coca-Cola and, and, and any of these huge, big box companies with with so much power and money that they can do pretty much whatever uh and and they can just and then again with the the media the media they can just make up a story they don't it doesn't even have to be fact anymore they just make right. it up man they they create a, a you know a, a clickbait headline and people read it and they go oh my god really i can't believe that wow Oh, okay. And, and then it, they go on with their business, you know, and it, the more and more that that happens, the more people they have, they're so out of touch with what's going on. Like you were saying about AOC, didn't even know who she was. I mean, come on, really? Like, you know, it, since this whole thing started, I've never paid more attention to politics in my entire life and the, what is going on in our country than I have over the last couple of years and especially over during this this uh, pandemic time here. And I still don't know everybody, but I know enough to know what's going on and what I see and the people that are really have that voice and are trying to manipulate people out there. And and it's absolutely ridiculous. And, and the problem right now is that there's too many sheep out there. There's too many people that are just sucking it in. And, and, yep. and you know, the less that they have a, a livelihood, 
the 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 more that they're going to tune into the this you know this this potential of of um right. you know, being brainwashed right. and and it and you know the game they're playing is working yes it absolutely is and the problem is is that big tech is censoring as we're, we're experiencing here on this channel what we get to hear so they're able to really program that propaganda i got a real quick question for the three of you i'm looking for a yes or no answer uh benny are the police required to protect you and your property as their job doing their job are they required to protect you yes or protect no? and serve yeah sure J kj yes or no are they required to protect and serve uh required you know i i think that they they swear an oath to protect and serve yes yeah. so under that okay, i would yeah. say that yeah jv yes or no are they required i'd I mean, say there's no requirement for them to do that i think that's their mission but i don't think it's a requirement okay. per se warren versus the district of columbia police do not have a duty to protect you or your property and if you go into this into this court case and actually read it, they work for the state and they are to follow the state's orders. So they don't. So if you're being attacked, they don't have to come in and protect you. They don't. So what I witnessed the other night, a few nights ago, and I think I said it on the show or maybe it was a tweet. Um, so the police, they're, they're precinct. This is in uh, uh, up where the, the, the taser lady shot. Um, what was, Maxville, what's that city? Anyway, so they had riots that night. And what did the police do? The state police came in in riot gear. The city police were in riot gear. And they surrounded all the government buildings and pushed all the rioters into the homes. And the homes got destroyed. So the police have no duty to protect your stuff. But yet they want to take your guns away. That's a whole other subject. It's Brooklyn so Center, then, wasn't it? Brooklyn Center. So. Brooklyn Center. Thank you. Yes, there it is. Um, so uh, HR Bill 2663 in the 117th Congress is uh, being discussed and going to be passed probably in the Democratic House to prohibit law enforcement officers from using chemical weapons such as tear gas on minors in the course of policing activities and other purposes. So therefore, if you have a rioter, a riot group coming at you and there is a minor in there, the police cannot use any crowd control munitions. So we're now, again, hampering the ability of the police to protect us and we vote for these idiots that we send to represent us and they're setting us up to be led to the slaughter jv how in the hell do we get this message across to people to stop voting for the same people well um i've been trying to figure that out since i was a voting age and i voted for ronald reagan in his second term um i don't know i don't understand the disconnect that people have you look at every major democrat run city most of them are single party cities like new york or la or chicago whatever it happens to be and they're all shitholes and the people yes. that are living there are living in squalor or they're living in high crime or they're living in in, in uh, you know dilapidated communities and they're all run by democrats yet they keep voting them in so i don't understand how we get that message through i, yeah, I don't know i don't i am i don't know the answer to that but i just want to go back to the police thing here i just want to clarify mm -hmm. i think that Police, as I said, there's no requirement. I think that word requirement is is kind of uh, ambiguous, but there's no requirement, but that is the mandate and that is the mission. And if the police aren't doing the job that you expect them to do in your community, that's when you have to vote the politicians that control the police department out and bring politicians in that will do it the right way. When the Democrats well, tell police to stand down and not address rioters and looters, that is a political decision, not a police decision. So you need to vote politicians in that will take those problems seriously and will and will order their police departments that are under their jurisdiction to defend property rights and protect civilians. That's how it works. 
so let me ask you this then, JV. So you look at you look at uh, Minneapolis, where they've had uh, what three, four, five elections now within the city council since all this defund police thing started to happen. The autonomous zone, the all the Antifa stuff has moved out of Portland into Ant- uh, uh, Minneapolis. But you can also look at Portland too, and the people keep voting for the same the same politicians. So at what point do you and I, I mean, you live in upstate New York in the rural, I'm down in Southern California, kind of on the outskirts of LA. Uh, when do I, when do we just say, you know what, Minneapolis, you voted for this. Hey, cops, back the hell off. You're an idiot if you stay employed there because your people don't want you there. At what point do we just go, I don't care anymore. We're there. That's where we are right now. That's why people are leaving California. That's why people are leaving New York. And I'm sure there's people leaving Minneapolis. The people with the means, the tax base, the people who spend money to create sales tax revenue, the people who uh, support the schools and pay school tax revenue, they're all leaving because they don't want to put up with this shit. And they should leave and let Minneapolis sink into the hole that it's sinking in until people get smart enough to recognize unless you change the way you vote, the shit is going to keep continuing. That's. I think we're there. Exactly. I honestly think we're there. So let's let, let's take that to the next step down, KJ. So Minneapolis obviously turns into a poop hole. So does Portland. So does you know New York City. So does you know all these big cities that we did. Frisco, a, really a big shithole. Um, cities have power, and if you look at California, it's like four cities that control all of our politics. You look at Washington; it's Portland that controls all of its politics. You look at uh, that would Oregon, be Oregon. That would be Oregon. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Portland, Oregon, Seattle, uh, Seattle, Washington, right? Did I got that right. Um, so my question to you, JT, or JT, my kids, JT, sorry, KJ. Um, if okay. we just back off, we, go, we don't care and it falls into a shithole. How does that affect us out in the rural communities or the suburbs and out from there? I mean, do we have to care? Do we have to have our hands in there because these well, people are too dumb because it's really going to affect us? The reason that we should care about it is because eventually it starts to spread and it starts to spill out into our communities. And then our kids and our families are at risk. Um, you know, I, you know, it, it, it's ridiculous because it, you, you look at it and being a cop in those areas uh, and, and working for law enforcement in those areas. I mean, who really wants to go stand in a line and have bricks thrown at them? and have Molotov cocktails thrown at them. Nobody does, nobody in their right mind does, right? Um, and and it's surprising enough right now to see that more people haven't been killed during these riots, uh, more police officers and, and more protesters and rioters, right? You've got the protesters that have, you know, they have a right to protest and they, and they have legitimate concerns and, and a legitimate message that they're trying to get out there. But then you always have the bad apples in there, in those groups that just want to go out and, and destroy shit, beat shit up, burn things down. And and they're destroying their own communities. Like, it's it, what it really is, the true pandemic here right now is stupidity. It really is. People are not informed. They don't care. And they're just plain dumb. They, they, they yep. just want to go out and cause trouble. They think that they're going to get a name for themselves or they're just going to get bragging rights to it. And and the unfortunate part about it is if we don't contain it to some degree, there are going to be areas you're not going to want to ever go near. Uh, and, and they're going to be completely lawless. And uh, eventually they start spreading further and further and further into your own communities like a cancer. And you know what happens with that. 
Yeah, exactly. So, Benny, I'm, I'll give I'm gonna, one, one more question to Benny JV, and I'll give it back to you. So my sister, my stepsister, she will not talk politics, period. She doesn't read politics. She doesn't watch news. She hates it because it scares her. But yet she votes in every election and pulls a straight D ticket. <laughs> Is that some – I mean – I mean, I don't want to have like a property. You have to have property to vote or any of that stuff they were working about in the beginning. But I mean, how do we, those people shouldn't vote. I'm sorry. They just shouldn't. And I don't know how to deal with that, that they don't want to know anything. They go out of the way to not know anything, but yet they're still going to go vote for the same straight. I'm a Democrat. I'm voting all Democrat. I don't care who it is. They would, they would elect Charles Manson. How do we deal mm -hmm. with that? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the, one of the downfalls of the two party system. Uh, which uh, George Washington brought up during his farewell address uh, when he left office. He said, do not create a two-party system because uh, eventually they'll become the same entity and they'll just be up to power. So in doing so, you create a, a, uh, a an environment where people just, like you said, either straight R or straight D. And the problem with the people that do vote straight Democrat is that most of them are not informed most of them are brainwashed by the mainstream media. Most of them do not know exactly what their politicians stand for. They just go on the buzzwords like, well, I'm not a racist, so I have to vote Democrat. Um, you know, and just to backtrack a tiny bit with the police, I just want to bring up this uh, quick point. The same tyrants who cry defend, uh, defund the police, excuse me, defund the police, the same tyrants that cry that are the same ones who are praising the police for stepping in during the Capitol riots. So it is the epitome of hypocrisy when it comes to these people that think that you should not have a police department because uh, police officers, uh, you know, are, are a um, carry out systemic racism. Well, how about when there was the Capitol riots in January? What about then? Were they calling the police or were they just, you know, uh, wallowing around uh, scared like AOC said she was? Oh, in fact, she lied about that. She wasn't even there. So. The, the best thing the best thing we can do to protect ourselves is to carry out our second amendment rights i'm going to a gun show tomorrow it's right up the road from me i'm going to a gun show tomorrow and that's the best thing we can do to protect uh, to protect our rights from a tyrannical government and protect our home our homes and our families and our children from uh, uh from crime is to carry openly if you want uh safely but yes carry out your second amendment rights. I, um, Amen. Yeah, I want to I want to touch back on something we've already talked about a little bit, but it's also answers some of the questions that you've just thrown out here, Britt, is is that, you know, how do we fix this? The key to fixing this is legitimate information coming from the watchdog of democracy, which is our media. And we have idiots like this. Oh my god. This woman has got to be the stupidest reporter if we want to call her that. On television. Now, actually, you know, there, there's a lot of competition for that title. I'm just going to say tonight, I'm going to call her the stupidest. And we're going to we're going to initiate a wall of shame for these people. We're going to start keeping track of the idiotic things they say and keep uh, and we'll maybe we'll keep a top five list and it'll move depending on who says what during the week. But she's quoted as saying um, on her program, she said, why is it that nobody asked why? Micaiah Bryant was scared so much that she felt like she needed to defend herself or pick up a knife. Now, if anybody is uh, keeping score here, that whole incident took a matter of fractions of a second. The woman in question had a knife in her hand and was lunging it toward another woman. 
KJ, if that officer had not shot that girl, I'm sure he didn't intend to kill her, but he certainly wanted to disable her, but she died. If he had not done that, would the headline have been officer stands by while a black woman gets stabbed? Oh, hell yeah, man. That, I mean, that, that would be primetime news right there. And, you know, I mean, but that that's what you get, right? When you defund the police, there wouldn't even have been an officer there, you know? So at this point, you know, you figure we're, you know, be glad that there was an officer and there weren't, you know, two dead people uh, in, in, instead of one. And obviously, I, I don't think any officer out there that pulls their gun is thinking, I'm going to kill this person. You know, right. when, when nobody knows what it's like to be a law enforcement uh, officer uh, unless you have been one or you currently are one. Nobody knows what kind of stress in the moment when you're chasing someone down or you're standing there and someone has a weapon and you have no idea what's going to happen. You're you're checking your six. You're looking around you. I mean, anything could happen in that moment. And, and I'm sure that uh, this officer did not mean to kill this girl, but you know, had to think in, in a split second of what to do to protect someone. And, and it was an un unfortunate situation. It was very unfortunate, but you're absolutely right. And and it's easy to watch those replays and freeze a frame and say, oh, he could have done 17 different things at that point. But when you freeze a frame, you're not you're not getting the full picture and the scale of the time. And Britta was a fraction of a second. If you're a police officer, and regardless of what city you're in at this point, I mean, I can't even imagine making the decision to fire a weapon at this point, given the fact that you've seen what's happened to your fellow officers when you do that. How many other people does that put at risk when officers will hesitate to use force when necessary? Okay, so uh, get ready with the button. Oh, boy. Number one, it's really hard to be a cop. You can't be a cop today, not even close. But, I mean, I I'm of the mind that, that we cannot send white officers on the street anymore. It's particularly in the minority neighborhoods. It's costing it. Not, it costs so much damage to the community, to the cities, to the people, that we just we just have to we just no white people can be cops anymore. It's just the way it is. They've got to go away. Um, sorry, retire them early. I don't know what you got. Move them in. Make them become firemen. I don't know something, but they just can't be cops anymore because the media wants this. They're just waiting for that white cop to kill that black person so that they can jump on it and get their story and make their millions and get a pat on the head by their little boss, Brian Stelter, or whoever's sending them out there to stir up shit so they can get their clicks, so they can make their money, so they can hit their bonuses, because this is all about money. This has nothing to do with race. It's about the media pushing BS to get money. It's politicians pushing BS to the media so they can stay in power and get their votes. Because in New York, two days ago, day and a half ago, a black woman who broke up from another black woman on tape, walked up to her and shot her in the head with a gun, no national media. But it was a minority who was killed in the middle of the street, in the middle of the day, and the press doesn't give two wits. There is a kid who was beat to death by his abusive father that happened not too long ago. No national media. Because you know what? People don't click on those stories. That's not sensational. That doesn't scare the lily white liberal women in suburbia that will click on the links and give the media their money. That's all this is about. Rage, click, money, bonus. I can go party and get me some hot women or guys or whatever and do whatever you want with. That's all this is about. And the media is killing our country. We can lay all this crap at the doorstep of the mainstream media that is killing our country. We are almost out of time already. I know you've got some stuff on this, Britt, so I'm just going to mention it quickly and you can follow up with some questions here. But we've got an announcement that Caitlyn Jenner 
is officially going to run for governor in California in the recall election of uh, Gavin Newsom. Um, I don't know if one of you California guys wants to uh, to comment on this. First of all, I guess uh, let me just ask Benny first. What do you think the chances are that, that Newsom gets uh, actually voted out of office through this process? Oh, well, I mean, at this point, uh, it's probably a toss up, but I would encourage anyone listening to look up um, Adam Carolla's uh, podcast that he did. Uh, a few years ago, he actually interviewed um, Gavin Newsom before he was running for governor, and he absolutely torched them. If you look <laughs> up, uh, you know, uh, Adam Carolla, Gavin Newsom, there's like a 40-minute segment. He just absolutely makes him, oh my gosh, uh, it, he he destroys him. He destroys the, the, the liberal narrative, um, the progressive mindset. Um, Adam Carolla does a great job of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I... I'm just glad I don't live in that state. I'm sorry. Britt, <laughs> Britt um, you know, in the, in the two minutes or so that we've got left, you can comment on Caitlyn Jenner or you can comment about something else, do what you want to do there. Well, but I'll, uh, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take one minute and give one minute to KJ. So I am good with Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, she is a Republican. She is a, she is a social liberal fiscal conservative, which is what I am. So I'm going to look into her policies and what she's, what she's pushing really closely because if she's a lot like me and the way I think this might be my perfect politician, believe it or not. But what I find amusing is the left, the leftists, the crazy left, they are losing their shit. So the people that enforce the Sololinsky rules on us that we have to use the proper pronouns, we cannot look cross-eyed at transgendered uh, folks at all, anything, they are roasting her because she's not on their side. So what I'm taking away from these jack wagon people on the left is that their rules and their shit only applies when it suits them. But this guy, this Rex Zane, 32,000 followers on, on Twitter, at least, a social influencer, not only does he mispronounce Caitlyn Jenner, he misspells her first name. So he calls her Bruce, which last time I remember, that's a canceling offense. And then he throws the insult of misspelling her first name and then totally just dismisses her and says, oh, and because you're a Trump supporter, I can be a racist homophobe against you. And then another person here, this person of no consequence, a spinoff show called Me, 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 Look at Me. Um, are, are, are you, are you, because, because Caitlin is a transgendered, you're, you're having issues with her? I mean, she's been on TV forever and she's quite popular. She doesn't need another spinoff show. So my, my point is, is that these people are racist homophobes and I love the fact that Caitlin is going to run. You know, I, it'll definitely stir up some shit, right? I mean, you know, but th this is the world we live in right now, you know, and and the reality is that um, th th this we need a big change here in California. But JV, so we'll throw it back to you. What do you think about this? Uh, I don't know what to, I don't know anything about Caitlyn Jenner's politics. I don't know anything about, uh, the, the, the possibility or the chances that Gavin Newsom actually gets voted out. I find it very difficult to believe that Democrats are going to end up abandoning him, abandoning him in the long run, despite the sorry state of California. But I guess that all remains to be seen. I think that, um, you know, we're in very, very strange times. They voted in Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, against all odds. They voted oh, yeah, well, he and he wasn't much of a Republican, but I can't imagine Caitlyn Jenner is either. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have yeah, to see also, all, how in, that plays out. In all fairness, in all fairness to uh, to uh, to uh, to Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he came in, he tried to do some pretty substantial conservative things, and then and then he got uh, slapped back by the House Legislature, the House Senate, and the people with the vote. And then he, of course, his wife was uh, a Kennedy who was beating him up. So he just folded. The, the people spoke. 
They said, we don't want this conservative stuff. So he folded. Sorry, KJ, would you please uh, continue with your thought process? <laughs> you know, man, it's uh, I'll say anything's better than Gavin Newsom at this point. So, you know, if, if she's got some good policies and she's got the state of California in her best interest, then then all the more power to her. You know, uh, we got to We needed some big changes around here. So um, that, that's, that's the deal. You got my support if if uh, if that's the case. All right. I am gonna love it. If the first Republican, first Repu the first transgender woman as a governor, is a Republican, just like the first senators were black and Republican. I'm gonna love it. It's gonna be amazing. Listen, everybody, thanks for being here tonight. I don't know what YouTube did to us and didn't send out notifications. So that seems to be the common story. Uh, but you all, most of you, found your way here. Those of you didn't aren't hearing me anyway. But but thanks for making the effort to be here with us tonight. Of course, we are. I don't know what that means, Britt. We are um, seven o'clock next week. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we are going to change the time of the program starting Monday night. We will be uh, on an hour later. It'll be 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific, instead of uh, what we're doing right now. So that'll be change will take effect on Monday night. Please share the program. Please subscribe to the channel. Please share the channel as well with your friends, anybody who you think might uh, take an interest in these conversations and this discussion. Benny, thank you for being here again. Love having you on. KJ, welcome to the team. You'll be back for sure. And Britt and I will be doing another program that'll start in about 20 minutes on our other channel, which is Booze, Brews, and Bros. Look for us there. Thank you for being here. Love you all. See you next time.